0: Naked people in between. We have a very exciting um, guest joining us today for this episode, and I am currently gushing over. (laughs) I'm super excited. I get to make my love for food and sex work on this episode today. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) because we are bringing... Oh, we are. I am bringing Nikisa Newton on the show today from Meals Free Heels, all the way based in Portland, Oregon, the USA. And we're going to be talking about sex work. We're going to be talking about community, Portland, food, all these fun things. So I am excited to bring Nikisa on the show today. Nikisa, are you there?
1: I'm here. I'm live and direct with you, Steph. How are you?
0: I am also good. Oh yeah, I forgot to introduce myself, but yes, Steph is my name. Steph Sia, or Sia if you want to call me that. My, My former exotic dance name was Kim Chi back on the stage okay. <laughs> food related and like you know maybe drag queen Yay. inspired like a little bit okay. of everything but i'm your host every week here and uh, it's new episodes every sunday and i talk to you about different aspects of the sex work industry that's what the show's all about so this week as i mentioned we have nikisa newton on the show today nikisa say hello once again
1: Hello, Nikisa Newton here, chef and owner of Meals for Heels. My pronouns are she/her, chef and queen.
0: Chef and queen, I love that. <laughs> thank you. Perfect. I can't and wait to and get what are into your pronouns? this. Mine, so, she/her, please. She her. Thanks for asking. Uh, that's You're definitely welcome. one area I personally need to work on as well. So, thank you for bringing that up and letting me know what your preferred pron- pronouns are. Definitely room no. for improvement for me. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Hey, we're all learning. Believe me, we're all learning. So, um, yeah, no
0: problem. Absolutely. So, okay. So I want to tell the audience about you, your business, who you are and what you do and all this fantastic initiatives that you are doing down in Portland. So I'll, I will tell the audience a little bit what I briefly know about you. Cause I mm-hmm. heard about you and your amazing business on one of my favorite podcasts, Racist Sandwich, which is now yeah. gone, I cry, <laughs> tear.
1: <Yeah.
0: laughs> I'm really sad yeah, about that. It was that.
1: Uh, originally based in Portland, Oregon yes. as well.
0: Yes, it was. And there were so many layers to that podcast in terms of food, story, community, history, colonialism, mm-hmm. everything. There's so many layers that I just found myself like addicted to. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just incredible. And I heard your story. I remember seeing that on the show and I was like, what? What is happening here? Like, Kale and Keen bowls for the sex worker community. I think that's like, I think that's what the title was of the episode or something along those lines. And I was like, this is perking my interest. This is different. And basically what I know that you do is that you were a late night meal delivery service out in Portland, Oregon, (coughs) catering to the sex worker community there, sex positive community. You're also a black-owned business as well. You're a person of color. You also identify as, as queer. There's so many things here that I want to unpack on this episode.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm also formerly incarcerated and a what? college dropout. What? <laughs> but I also come from a two-parent family or a two-parent home, so who, who knows? Oh, my gosh. What?
0: There's so much more. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Where do we start? Like, Okay. Was that I definition okay for
1: beach. you? <laughs> um, no. Okay. Go for it.
0: No, you go for it now, because I feel like that's what I kind of know from the minor stalking that I've done on you. Okay. <laughs> How would you describe what you do in your own words and on your, your own terms?
1: In my own words, my own terms, I would say, um, I like to say that I put together two things I enjoy in life. Sex workers and yes. food. Yes, Or community and food. Um, yeah, uh I just I mean it's just trying to put a I should I don't want to say positive life but it's putting bringing a light to the sex work industry. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been around forever. There should be no shame. There should be no shaming on women since it is a predominantly uh female, you know, uh business industry. Yes. Um it's to me, it's supply and demand. Um, it's I, I get it's the patriarchy. I get it's all those things, oppression, racism, all that stuff. But uh, it's a bunch of bullshit. You know I mean? I Portland, Oregon, where there's seventy-five plus strip clubs yes. here, and you know it just made sense to do this. You know what I mean? Uh, Portland's also known for their food scene, their late-night yes. food scene, their cart food scene, yes. and they're also known, like I said, the strip club capital in the United States. Um, or I mean, I guess them, Portland or Atlanta, you know, people, <laughs> people tend to argue about it, but <laughs> apparently per capita, Oregon has the most groups per capita, but yes. with that many strip clubs and being here for, I've been in Portland for over 10 years and I've had friends who work, you know I me, mean, All aspects of sex work and cool. friends who work in all aspects of the clubs. And it just, you know, like I said, it's just like putting two, two, two and two together. It was, um, something that was needed And it was, you know, I was like a void and I I filled that void and it was the best decision I made in my life. And um, yeah, I'm incredibly happy for the feedback and the turnout and um, I'm blessed and grateful every day.
0: Oh my gosh, I am so inspired, also so jealous, but also so happy <laughs> that you're doing something that's so amazing, because you're basically fulfilling my dream of sex work and food. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. That's incredible. And hey, this could expand elsewhere, you know what I mean? Because there's sex workers are everywhere, correct? This is
0: very true, and you guys all know that this is a worldwide podcast. Absolutely. So, I mean, the majority is in North America and Canada mm-hmm. and the USA, but it can go places
1: (laughs) absolutely as long as you got internet all that stuff
0: exactly and we're gonna get into all that pretty soon too so i wanted to talk to you about portland you mentioned you have spent a good amount of your life in portland yes um like 10 12 13 13 years good amount of time where are you originally from
1: oh i'm a california queen i was born in california travis air force base um i'm a military or air force dependent not a military or air force brat um my dad my dad served 20 years we lived in japan portugal arizona north carolina uh california north dakota and i personally have lived portland and north carolina add that to the list
0: incredible oh my gosh what you have such a great history
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank That's you. I, I mean, I, I'm i grateful being an adult and being older now and seeing how much that has shaped and evolved me as a person and obviously how it comes out in my food. So um, mm-hmm. if I could, you know, tell that to my dad right now, I obviously would. And I do tell my mom when I do talk to her. Uh,
0: yeah. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. Yeah. How did you find yourself in Portland? Was it because... You had relocated there because of your parents, or was that some place that you wanted to go to, or how did that? How did you find yourself here?
1: How did I find myself in Portland? Um, I was actually in North Dakota at the time. I was just getting in trouble, (laughs) and a bunch of friends. uh, Literally at one time, it was like nine people almost at the same time moved out to Portland, and then sporadically other friends moved out here, so I was working with FedEx at the time, They're, they were able to transfer me nice. over to uh, Portland's FedEx, and uh, yeah, I just had to get out, it was just time to go, I got too comfortable in the ah. small town, and you know, just not being my best self, so um, this, mm. this was a, a big change, and um, I'm, I'm absolutely glad I did it, and I drove my car all the way out, and nice. um, yeah, that's that's the story. That's how it started.
0: Very cool. Was that when you were
1: incarcerated? Um, no, that was um, that's actually why I had to stay in North Dakota. But, oh. <laughs> um, no, no, um, no, no. I was. I think I was just off of probation by then, but still, just not, just not being. You know what I mean? Mm. Just just being wily, just being comfortable. <laughs> Your friends, the same thing. Go out on the bar. There's nothing wrong with that, but I just no. wasn't being productive, and so yeah, no. Um, actually, when I got to Portland something from North Dakota came out there with me, so I literally had to deal with law enforcement, all this bullshit, when I got to uh, Portland, Portland. which scared the shit out of me, and it was really kind of like a those pivotal moments where it's like, all right, I'm trying to do right now. I'm not trying to hustle and do all this bullshit, and yet I just moved halfway across the United States, (laughs) and my past caught up with me. Right. But luckily, everything worked out, because I'm not a kingpin. Not a, <laughs> not a kingpin. So, um, and I had a really good uh, federal public defender lawyer, and I'm, I still talk to her now, and she does amazing things. Awesome. And, um, yeah, it was it was definitely that slap to the face of wake up, like, you need to do right. Like, they don't fuck around here. For generally. sure. So, yeah.
0: So Portland's now home, and you've been there for, you said, 13 years now. Mm-hmm. How yep. is the move from North Dakota over to Portland? Because I correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Portland and, I mean, probably better now, but Portland and North, North Dakota, they're both very white.
1: Absolutely. They're both very white. Um, let's see. I mean, the Midwest uh, or, or, I should say North Dakota. You <laughs> know what I, what? I like to say is that, I'm, you know, the time I spent there, it helped shape who I am now. Mm-hmm. Would I go back there? Absolutely not. Have I only been back, I think, twice, maybe three times since I left? Yep. And, um, I mean, like I said, it shapes who I, who, who I am today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, yes, a little angst or whatever I have about that, about North Dakota, yeah. just because I, I came from Japan to North <laughs> Dakota, and I had people, white people, staring at me, yeah, or saying things like, Oh, I've never had a black friend, or I never had a black person in my house. When I'm like, I was. In Japan, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, I lived <laughs> over here in Portugal, and and especially military kids, it's definitely a plethora, a rainbow of different cultures and races. So, For sure. um, it was the first couple of years of marriage, just being angry why people are staring at me and very defensive, and then and then you go into just kind of like trying to fit in, and then you go into this other wave and all this stuff. But yeah, I I they're definitely both white, the best definitely different spectrums. For sure. Um, For sure. But um, there's there's definitely some freedom, I'd say, coming out to uh, Portland. Just the uh, the West Coast vibe is. Um, it's chilly, Willy. It's, it's, uh, it's in my—I like to say it's in my soul, it's in my veins. Especially that I was born in California. So
0: yes, back to the, the West, West Coast. coast. Yes, the best
1: coast.
0: Agreed, one hundred percent. Always. <laughs> I'm with Always. you on that one. Always. Yeah. Was it really hard growing up as a military kid and just moving around constantly? And I mean, going from like Europe and Asia and then coming back to the USA—I feel like it's like almost downgrading. <laughs>
1: um, yeah no it's you know it's all hindsight you know what i mean because mm-hmm. uh, i remember being in japan because we were there for like five years and like wow. oh we're bored and like oh we want go to go you know we just want to go to another base or something like that and then wow. you know the next base was north dakota i remember going to the library at school and checking out a little book on north dakota <laughs> and saw bison and i just i just <laughs> I, I was excited but then when i got there i was just like this is not anything <laughs> like what japan or the base or the setup anything was like so no. um You know, I honestly, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't feel it was difficult. I think one of the things uh, I, I did kind of like reminisce on or dwell on was uh, having a best friend Mm. Um, because we moved around. You know, you don't get you, you do build relationships and friendships, you know, what I mean, yeah. and, and really good ones, but <clears throat> you know, you know, I just remember like, especially in North Dakota when it's like high school, it's like, oh, you know, I've known this person for this many years. So we used to, you know, sixth grade and fifth grade and this, and I know their cousin and their aunt or, yeah. or their family too. Not having my family close or um, not having that best that person I've known for seven years or five years, you know, what I mean, so it took time for that, and um, also. The fit on the opposite side when I was in North Dakota, there's a lot of people that were like, oh, I don't talk to my cousin. I can't go there. My uncle works there. shit like mm. that. Where I'm like, I, I don't get to see my family other than like reunions. And so yeah. I I couldn't imagine being in a place where I don't talk to my cousin who's in the same town as me or my uncle. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's just you know two different sides of the coin. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love it. It, it's it was hard, great though. to be immersed in a foreign country uh, as a kid. I wish I could have been a teenager in, Japan, in <laughs> Portugal, but yeah. Um, Either way, like I said, it just
0: made me who I am today, for sure. And then, of course, I mean, Portland is an amazing city. I love Portland, and of course, we were supposed to interview in person when I was supposed to take my trip out there in April. But um,
1: remember, 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 yeah, remember. yeah. And
0: I was like, oh my god, I got a contractor again. Like, okay, no, no, okay, this no, is no. we got to do this virtually. <laughs> I still want to connect, so I was like, okay. But yeah, so I mean, I go to Portland at least a couple times a year um just because one it's a food destination and it's a six hour drive from Vancouver and obviously the strip clubs are just like the best (laughs) compared to here in Canada I've only been to the one that's right downtown it's kind of touristy oh my god it's right downtown Uh, like right by voodoo the right by voodoo donuts Kika club. club, yeah, that one. All right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Good spot.
0: Yeah, it's fun. It's it's always bumping yeah. when I'm there. So
1: Yeah, no, it's a good, good club. Uh, definitely a lot of customers who or clientele, I should say, that uh, worked at that club.
0: Fun. It's great. And the energy's awesome. That I think that was the first time I actually saw it rain on stage.
1: Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, the, you know, club. I think one of the things about that spot in particular, I feel like it's it's a lot more perf- like performance. Like mm-hmm. each dancer is almost a different character, and they might even have different I don't know, personas or personas. characters while they're on stage. For sure. And absolutely, it's always packed in there. It's a bigger club. Like even just the way the seats, the booths are, etc. Um, yeah, it's a it's a definitely uh, favorite spot of mine. It's
0: a good time it's it's a really great time and we were uh, supposed to go to you mentioned the other club that rouge one that's also close by downtown we were supposed to go there too but then we just it just didn't happen
1: (laughs) absolutely i get it no i get it um yeah i mean club that's like almost not polar opposite but just it's it's a huge club, I'd say mm-hmm. too. At that, there's probably I feel like a minimum of fifteen and twenty women like working on a weekend night, if not more, wow. at the champagne room or VIP rooms. There's like three or four stages. It's just a whole different world. But uh, that's that, that was a spot I frequented as well, um, and I enjoyed clubbing as well. <laughs> so
0: obviously, Portland, so it's like to- strip city, strip city. Mm-hmm. food cart heaven, food truck heaven. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's pretty much a dream city.
1: <laughs> it it can't be. It can't be. Yeah, and the was it the Mount Hood or the mountains are just what like forty five minutes away. The coast is an hour twenty minutes away. Yes, um, etc. That's that's definitely one of the big beauties about it is being able to go to all those different um, environments in just a short amount of time, hot skipping and jump.
0: Yeah, it's lovely, and then wine country is just there too. Like Washington is close by as well. Again, it's all relative, and it's just a great vibe overall, I would say. And um, I want to know, how did you – like, what? what is your story in terms of starting Meals for Heels? How did you marry the two concepts of, of caring to sex workers and your, I guess, your background as a chef?
1: Um, so basically, when I came up with the idea of Meals for Heels – Actually, I should say it was collective. It was me and a former partner of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, She was in school full time. She was also interning and she was also dancing. And uh, often she would have to choose between either making a meal before work, doing her homework, taking a nap, or getting ready for work. And uh. she, between <laughs> the two of us, I would, I would definitely say I was the better cook. So I either make <laughs> her a meal and we'd have a meal before she went to work, or sometimes I'd bring a meal to her club, or she'd take a meal with her. And mm-hmm. so um, when I delivered one time, she just got a huge feedback from her coworkers. They're just asking, what are you eating? What is that? What is that? What are you <laughs> eating? It's all so good. And so she just literally, uh, you know, she just made the comment, the words, you know, they would pay me for that. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, if you brought, you just, you know, you delivered healthy, delicious food to the club, you know what I mean? They would absolutely pay you for that. You know, she just told me how uh, often sometimes uh, some, you know, some dancers have told me how they, you know, choose between like having another drink or like the hunger, but the hung, you know, they're hungry, but it's just tater tots, steak, chicken nuggets. I mean, it's, it's the menu obviously is catered to the clientele, which is obviously 98% men. And um, <laughs> that just, uh, and I'm sure just like, also I should say too, me being a chef, I've worked, you know, I've worked in several kitchens, restaurants, though. You get, I get sick of the same food at my restaurant. I can make mm-hmm. me be in the back in the kitchen. I can make whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I still, you know, you tend to get sick of the, you know, the same menu, same shit. So even, <laughs> even if they did have healthier options, I'm sure they would kind of, you know, be over it. So sure. um, it was, it was just uh, going on that idea and just just doing the math like i said there's 75 clubs um the ex at the time told me one night 23 dancers showed up on a saturday they had some of them had to go home because they were on a schedule Whoa. you do the math it's like i don't know 1500 x amount of dancers and that's just dance clubs you yeah. know what I mean? there's you know sex workers that do full service there's there's uh, amateur porn there's um you know, domination all the all the avenues there's you know what so i mean much. all the swingers clubs Etc. You know what I mean. So um, it just it just made sense to me, like I said, to think that after nine ten p.m. you can only get um, I, I mean it's pretty much the, the unhealthy food yeah. you know what I mean delivered to you. And I think a big factor is not just being a female, but you know, having the respect for a uh, sex worker where you don't want to have a random grubhub or caviar or whatever. Yeah. Delivery service. Come to your club and then, I don't know, maybe catch feelings or come by again or ask you for your number, or something yeah. like that when you're just trying to eat. You're at work. You know what I mean? So yeah. um there's there's uh there's that aspect as it uh with it as well. So um when I made the menu, I definitely you know, kept in mind that this is an emotionally demanding and a physically demanding job. So that's why I was keeping healthy, vegan, vegetarian Mm -hmm. and very light, but hella full of flavors.
0: Yes. And I'm so glad you mentioned the health aspect of it, because obviously I've worked in clubs too, and there's nothing open or it's just very limited 24 hour options. Mm -hmm. So it's just like pub food, fries, pizza, like deep fried everything, or just like, just awful food, errors, which is probably on the healthier side. And I say that in quotations. You can't see me right now, but yeah. that's in quotations. It's not really healthy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really yeah. limiting, it's limiting. And also, like, I don't want to be eating crap all the time. And I, that I, example, I, that you, example said, you said, when it's um, we have an option between a drink or some food, I'd probably just go for the drink.
1: Right, right, right. You know. And I, I get that. I absolutely get that. I understand that. And and you know, you know, um also eating in front of customers, et cetera, All the things. So I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of people who order and they just eat it when they get home or save it for later or nibble on it during the whole shift. Mm-hmm. Um but at least I, I several times over I've been told that they're like the the clientele are extremely happy to not, you know, have that greasy rot gut in the morning the next day, feel so sluggish. You yeah. Know what I mean? and they're starving. It's a physically demanding, emotionally demanding job. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, at least that's the last thing the uh, sex workers should have to worry about.
0: Absolutely. So tell us a little bit what's on the menu because I'm dying to know. I mean, I've peeked already at the menu, but tell the audience what you have on the menu because it all sounds fantastic.
1: It is fantastic. So um, – <laughs> I have uh, the I like tachacha, and that one is uh, say southwestern theme meal. It's uh, a green rice, so it's brown rice that I cook in a green salsa that I make, Yum. and then um, all I should say all my meals start with a base of massage kale. So it's salt, pepper. Yeah. lemon juice, olive oil, and I massage it to make it less bitter, to make it easier to uh, digest, digest. etc. cetera. Right. Um, so with the, with the cha-cha, uh, it's the green brown rice. It's a citrus slaw, which I use uh, kiwi fruit, some other citruses, uh, honey. Um, and I blend that up. And then uh, I mix it in with some cabbage and carrots. Yeah. And then um, house-made red salsa. Uh, and then black olives, Tillamook cheddar cheese, Crushed one of chips, which is a favorite tortilla chip here in the Northwest. Good. And then, I, yeah, I call it Avo Smash, which is just Avo, salt, pepper, and a little bit of olive oil, and a little bit of lime juice. Yeah, and let me see. Yeah, just cilantro. I top that with cilantro, and yeah, I believe that's it. And then yeah. um, I have the, the G- GTP, which is the I say the number one banger. That's definitely the crowd favorite. Okay. And the GTP is called getting that paper. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tom Kha roasted cauliflower. Um, so basically, this one I was starting with the idea of a vegan marb. Okay. And then it morphed into something else. But um, <laughs> it's uh, cauliflower. I roast. I roast, and then I rub it in a Tom Kha. Taste medley Ooh. that I mess with, yes. And then um, I do sweet potato noodles because those are gluten free.
0: Oh my and,
1: god! Um, it? They're gluten free and they're oh, they're kind of like a nice springy, not spongy kind of noodle, okay. glass type noodle. Yeah. Um, and was it? Oh, brain fart. Sorry. <laughs> um, okay. so like that, I'm sorry. Togarashi, Togarashi, and truffle tomatoes, oh my and god. I, then I do a pickled Asian cucumber, and then. Oh, I do Thai basil, cilantro, and mint. A little bit of toasted coconut, and a little bit of firikaki fish. Is that meal? Yeah, um, good it's, texture. it's a little bit of sour meets meets the bold flavor of tamkaw. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's amazing. I, I, can't <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I made it. Seriously, it was, the funniest <laughs> thing too, it was just like I was I was at home cooking, and I turned around and looked in the cabinet, and I saw truffle. I saw this. And and I just put the two together, and, and it's it like a little works. bit of Japanese, it's a little bit of Thai, it's a little bit of Vietnamese, all these little things Yum. mixed into one healthy, delicious, awesome vegan meal. Oh um, my god! Also, I can <laughs> but there's more. I'm very small. I only have a four-item menu because it is just me. But um, okay. I also have the um, oh uh, uh, the verbal tipper. Okay. Which, which I was, I try to name, I try to give them names that you have to do maybe with sex work or clothes. Oh,
0: clubs or great. Night, so
1: cheeky. <laughs> so in, in, I'm sure you know, and I hope your viewers or listeners know what a verbal tipper is that someone who maybe is at the rack and they say, Oh, you're gorgeous, or How's your night? You're great. All this stuff, but they don't put down a dollar. Oh, yeah. Rack. Very you know, familiar. So a verbal tipper. <laughs> We don't. We don't like that shit. We no, don't like we don't. <laughs> but this this verbal tipper is once again the base of massage kale. It's the lemon percuscus. It's jarred which is uh, an Italian okay. pickled. Vegetable medley that's a little bit it has a little spice on it, but okay. it's nice crisp vegetables. It's a good way to get your veggies if you're if you're low if your income's a little tight, you're on oh. a budget. You can definitely get your veggies that way. um And then with that, it's going to be marinated artichokes, uh, some mm. cucumbers that I season, tomatoes that I season with paprika and a little bit of cumin. And then I do a little bit of cotilla cheese, Yum. a balsamic drizzle, and I think oh I do a. Uh, toasted uh, quinoa to give a little crunch to it as well. Oh my, then, oh, my God. And then last is the other, I'd say the number two, maybe, banger, is um, the freaking vegan, which is my Ode to Portland. And that's, <laughs> uh, once again, the massage kale, okay. the green brown rice again. Yeah. And then I, make, I roast sweet potatoes, apples, and plantains, and kind of like a pumpkin spice and a little bit of citrus spices. And then I saute uh, mushrooms in a savory mix, like garlic, rosemary, chili flake. And then toasted coconut, and then um, this amazing sauce called salsa Lozano. It comes from Costa Rica. When I was traveling down there, it's on every table. It's oh. just pureed vegetables and seasonings, but it's phenomenal. It's a head turner. When I have people try it by itself, they <laughs> just, the look they give, the head turn they give, is is everything, and it's worth it. And so I drizzle that on there, and then I make a sweet salty, and spicy nut mix with uh, walnuts and almonds. Oh, my god! Yeah, because, like, uh, you know, a lot of vegan food and sometimes vegetarian food can be mushy. The textures are the same. So I try to keep that in mind by adding crunch in different ways, whether it's a nut or toasted quinoa or toasted coconut.
0: Oh, my gosh. This all sounds freaking so good right now i haven't had dinner yet so like mm, neither, so. oh man i can't wait to eat this i wish <laughs> i had some in like front of me That's feed you when you get here so there we go when the world opens up again i will definitely hook, like connect with you on that that sounds incredible and this is all something that you thought of yourself
1: Absolutely. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I make everything from, I mean, scratch. Other than, like, the jardinier, there's very limited items that come out of a bottle or can and whatnot. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I don't know, it's kind of like something I would want to eat a little bit late at totally. night. I like kale. You know, I can use other greens as well. But, um, you know, I, I use a brown basamati rice. you know, just healthier. Nice. Um, well, it's just, it's just I'm not super experienced with vegan food. But mm-hmm. I like that I'm keeping it vegetables and not using whey proteins yeah. and TPV and um, soy curls, et cetera. Soally.
0: Um, digest like, as well? Yeah, it's just like nice whole food. and I also meant I also recognize that you're using a lot of local um, ingredients and produce there too, which is mm-hmm. even better again going yeah. to support the Portland economy over there. Right, and right. Supporting yeah, business, we have the so. access
1: to it. It's uh, that's it's such a beautiful thing, and it's just it's just building community. You know what I mean? Like meeting your mm-hmm. farmers, meeting the growers, meeting small farmers, meeting small growers, uh, other vendors, people who make the jardiniers or make the sauces in town and whatnot. So, for yeah, sure, yeah, it's 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 a beautiful thing.
0: It's incredible, and like I just oh love God. this initiative, and I love what you're doing for the community. And for the sex workers that are out there, I mean, how is the climate right now with the clubs and everything in Portland? Are they operating during COVID or have they shut down? Because here in Vancouver, they've mostly shut down or they've had to, like, limit no dancers. There's no lap dances happening. So it's like we're fucked right now. (laughs) So...
1: Wow. Hence, former um, dance. Yeah, I mean, so, Portland's. I shouldn't say we, because I, I, I don't dance. I'm not a sex worker. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take that from from y'all or them. Yeah. Um. So, I would say I believe it's about 95, 92 percent of the clubs I believe are closed. Oh. Um. I yeah. Business as far as delivering to clubs has like stopped pretty much. There, okay. there was I was steady. I was a little bit steady. Um, probably the beginning of summer, but yeah. you know, everything was just touch and go, you know what I mean? Like Kit Kat club, Mary certain clubs, some days it was actually busy, mm-hmm. some days it wasn't some days I probably don't want to walk into a small, busy club. Yeah. Some days I do. Um, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing because I obviously I want to, I mean, people have to make their income, yes. but I just want, you know, everybody healthy and safe and, safe, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, everybody that pretty much, I, I guess, uh, follow Instagram, everything's been, they've been safe, they still, some of them who can work at clubs, still work at clubs, other people have gone and done other things, or mm-hmm. they've gone online with it, or they just picked up another trade or some other interest they're in, um, yeah. that's the best thing about, I'd say sex workers, they're very resilient, yes. and hardcore crew, even, <laughs> if, even if the fucking red face, orange face bastard wants to not give them a stimulus check for prurient acts or behavior, shit like that, right. it's fucked up. But they're, they're going to keep on keep it on, and like I said, supply and demand. Yeah, if, if people not want to bust the nut, you know, you know get, <laughs> get the jollies on, then you know they wouldn't, you know, be there. But you know, a sex work will be here forever and always, so of course, and they, they'll just keep they'll figure it out, you know. what I mean, I know it's a, it's a big um slam to you know who they are and what they do, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I look forward to when the clubs open back up. I miss those relationships and yeah, um, the atmosphere, um, all that, all that.
0: Oh gosh, I mean, it feels like ages ago that like I danced in a club, you know, like. And I've had I've been forced to pivot as well, so I've been yeah. working a civilian job, and that's been interesting and fun. But like the the difference in money has been huge, and you know I've been forced to make like a lifestyle change, which uh, along. Uh, along with like a lot of my peers too, like hasn't been easy, or like have had to change the the business model pretty much to moving everything online, but then that's been also really tricky too because everyone else is doing right. that.
1: So right, right. It's, yeah, it's been hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I I understand. I absolutely agree. I understand. Yeah, and well, we will get this together. We will. We this will. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I just um yeah i just look forward to going back to what i what i do the main my main niche
0: totally yeah absolutely for sure and like i, I also wanted to ask you too like for the business and in, in terms of marketing i know it was a lot of word of mouth from the beginning absolutely. how yep. do you how do you get the word out to customers or potential customers how do you market the business is all just through Instagram
1: or well Steph um honestly <laughs> before I started I actually did my own little research okay. I went to clubs uh I talked to I remember one particular club I talked to a bartender for a while just regular conversation and then like 45 minutes in <laughs> I finally had you know enough in me to be like all right. So someone brought you food, just, you know, this that. What's up with their kitchen? I don't see anybody in there, but it's open, <laughs> etc. So, um, and this particular club has a there's a taco truck right next to the like in the club or in the oh, club parking lot, basically. Yeah. But same thing. You're gonna get you're gonna get sick of eating the same thing. So, um, or they were saying customers will bring them food or their friends will bring them in food. Right. So that was just like another, you know, obviously aha moment, like, all right, this (laughs) definitely could absolutely work. And that was just like one club. So I did, uh, yeah, definitely talked, went to clubs. Cause like I said, I had friends that worked in clubs where they bartend or Mm -hmm. they danced or they did security or et cetera. Um, so I just kind of went around did my own little research research and, uh, and then just took the necessary steps, you know. Uh, I went to MISO. It's an acronym for the Micro Enterprise Services of Oregon. Oh. And they help people who want to start a business or have a business. Um, they're located – just now they're located just three blocks from my house. Oh, cool. But I haven't been in there since uh, since I moved over to this area, uh. unfortunately. But they, <laughs> they work with everybody, but they definitely focus on BIPOC businesses. Yes. And I feel personally that office, Nita, and all the people that are in the office – it's uh, it feels like home. It's it's um, it's a, it's I feel like one of the most culturally diverse generate cross generational all the things uh, <laughs> offices in the state of Oregon. You got oh, young, old, black, amazing. white, gay, brown, everything. And um, it's I miss them, too. I, oh. I miss being there. But um, I still work with them. It's just, you know, Zooms. <laughs> <and whatnot. laughs> um, but um, they I, I, I'm very uh, grateful for them as well because when I walked into to Miso and said my business name and mm-hmm. and what I was about I never got any weird looks or like you need to change your name or what anything they just they're just like yes <laughs> like, yes that's a great idea so that's wonderful
0: yeah. that's so good that they were just supportive about it and again there's no like weird like head turns there or mm-hmm. like oh wait what do you mean meals over heels what do you mean by that like right, right. <laughs> And how did you come up with the name? I mean, it's pretty obvious, but it's got such a good ring to it,
1: too. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, I Honestly, I think I just wanted something that comes off the tongue and obviously rhymes. Yeah. Uh, originally, it was Meals for Six-Inch Heels, um, right. but Amiso suggested. It took a while, but they suggested, you know, maybe just do a Meals for Heels. And so um, I, I went with that. And, um, yeah, that's I don't, I'm not quite exactly sure other than <laughs> I just wanted it to rhyme. I think I was even going to do... Was it like Savage Gardens or something like nights or late night, late night. What is it? Late night satisfaction or late night something? It was something. I had crazy names, but uh, this one just hit me. And most of my life, when ideas or labels or nicknames, shit like that, always just it just randomly hits me at the most strangest times. So yeah, I grabbed that one. Yeah. And it's through. just
0: then once you get it, it's just like a light bulb went off in your head. And you're like, oh, it's got to be this. Yeah. Absolutely. That's always fun.
1: <laughs> and ironically, if you if you look at your keyboard, if you, uh, listeners, the four, the meals, I use the number four. Okay. And I, 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 sometimes I make a typo and it's a dollar sign, which goes hand in hand. Hey. So sure. Oh, yeah. I just looked at my keyboard. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, yeah.
0: You got, you got it. You got it there we go
1: <laughs> it's about making that dollar but respecting the work that goes in that dollar and that's what I love about the sex worker community they yes. understand what not just the dollar but their time is money this and yes. this this and that it's a job this is me at my job this is me not at my job we're going to get two <laughs> different things and um, it's just interesting the shit they go go through while they're at work because no other jobs yes. or industries usually get asked the ridiculous questions or get treated in a different manner oh all um, the
0: time yeah all the time, and you said that better than I than I could have said it. So you, you just summarize it right there in a nutshell. <laughs> but right, right. I, I also want to talk to you too about um, pivoting and resiliency as well. So I also read about your business in terms of obviously you said most of the clubs have unfortunately closed down due to COVID. But with that, your your business is also now catering to frontline workers. The protesters there as well in Portland because there's lots of huge protests. Um, is that still going? Is that still going on? Yeah, that's still going it's on still now. Going
1: on. Yeah, it's still going Holy on. Holy crap! It sound like a war zone sometimes. Yeah. Oh my god. I don't, I don't venture downtown at night or anything like that. I, I yeah. stay away. Or if they go into, it's not just downtown. Sometimes they go in neighborhoods and march and shit. It's hectic. But oh my god. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm with them. I just can't be out there. That's all. I'm yeah. sorry, but I just, I just personally can't put myself out there. But I no. support them in every shape
0: and form it's potentially dangerous too because like we um I also invited another friend of mine who is a or sorry was a dancer in Portland too I think she used to dance I forgot which one it was it wasn't when the club's downtown actually I'm not gonna name the club <laughs> <laughs> because like okay. I don't have her permission to say that but um yeah. yeah she she was like oh yeah like back when I interviewed her and this was months ago she was like oh yeah the Protests are still going on, and that was, to me, ages, that was months ago. And now, it's November when we're recording, and it's still happening, which is just boggling my mind. No, has nothing changed there?
1: Um, No, no, nothing's really changed, because uh, the cops aren't backing down, and I think they're sending Jeez. in state troopers, and um, people, I mean, if people aren't, yeah, I mean, people have time on the hands some people do and so yeah you know what i mean um i mean i get you know if this is truly what people if i guess if the motive is correct sometimes you know it's is it just people who don't like cops or the system or do they mm-hmm. actually care about black lives and by black lives and black right. women and black women's health et cetera, and are they actually implementing these things into their regular everyday lives not just you know fucking up windows or fucking up cops which could be fun and i'm grateful for that but right. it's like are when it's over are they actually doing the work
0: yeah and that's a really great question because I feel, you know, back in June there was a lot of noise surrounding okay. Black Lives Matter, and okay. now I feel like
1: where did y'all go? <laughs> what happened? <Yeah. laughs> right? Like it's like crickets. Well, like I mean, it's it just explodes. I mean, yeah, I. It's it's interesting. I actually was very, very grateful and lucky enough to meet uh one of the co founders, the original co founders, Alicia Garza, here in Portland. Oh wow when she came oh, wow. to do a to a speaking tour and whatnot. And it was actually like a really intimate small setting and got right. hang over with her afterwards, which was cool. cool. But um yeah, it's it's weird. I always kinda like look online and be like, What is what does she say about all this? Or what is what's her Because mm-hmm. since it has blown up and grown, yeah uh, so huge, obviously internationally and all that stuff like that. Um it's you know it's weird to see a term or word now used so much that you know it loses its kind of significance you know yeah and, and, and also, you know how some people are like well it's not just you know it you know it jokingly like oh just black people just matter that's it we just matter that's it you know what oh, I mean? like we just matter? that's all we get from <laughs> um but I, I i respect everything the three founders who started black lives matters everybody else who's opened up chapters all around the world yeah. um I mean the fight continues, so um, just uh, I don't know. Kick a cop in the balls for me, please. <laughs> I like that. Hey, they chose. They chose that work. Yeah. Just like a sex worker chooses. You know what I mean? Yeah. They chose that line of work. Exactly. That's what they. You know what I mean?
0: We all have that agency.
1: So mm-hmm. exactly. There's no such thing as a good cop. No. <laughs> okay. And um, they fuck with sex workers. I'm sure you know that. Yep. Which is bullshit, too. They sure do. Absolutely.
0: I feel like everything is so much more. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, blown up. What's that word? It's not blown up. I can't think of it right now, but. Magnified. Magnif- magnified, maybe? Yeah, maybe magnified in the States. But obviously, it's so much bigger down there, too. And I just feel. I just, I just, I just can't believe that all of this is happening this year, and you guys are our neighbors. <laughs> like it seems.
1: tell it two different countries. Um, two different
0: countries, but it's just like we're very similar in so many ways. Like we're all part of North America. It's just like how can things be so different?
1: I don't think I don't think America thinks that though. I think America thinks we're America, and that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> like the world listens to all us, and uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I like Toronto. Toronto's a badass <laughs> Toronto's city. Awesome. I've been to Winnipeg. Um, I would love to go to Vancouver. You must
0: come <laughs> to Vancouver next time. We'll eat all the food up here. And you'll check out the strip clubs here. It's a little bit different than the States.
1: but <laughs> oh, what's, what's different? What's so different?
0: Oh, gosh. It's a different vibe for sure. Like, again, when I mentioned earlier in the, the episode, like, going to Portland was the first time I saw, like, people making it rain in the club. Like, that oh, does not okay. happen here. It just does not happen, and it's just. I think maybe it's just maybe people are just polite, or people are just broke, or just stupid at sitting in the front row, or just not knowing the rules, or something. But it just seems a little bit more chill, maybe, and and it really just depends on which club you go to, too. Because right, it's just right, different right. clubs, different vibes. Of course, same in same in Portland as well, but it's yeah. just different. We don't have champagne rooms at all. Mm. Like it's it's just VIP, so like private dancing and like stage mainly. Mm. So it's still a fun time, but it's just different.
1: <laughs> Very yeah, different. Yeah, so definitely.
0: But again, to each their own, I suppose. <laughs> okay. This hey, it works for y'all. It works for
1: y'all. It works exactly. for y'all. It works best. It Works for us.
0: <laughs> we all get paid in the end, so it's all good, right? America,
1: it's like Canada on steroids. Yes, and <laughs> maybe nicer, but maybe nicer. And an attitude problem and something else. <laughs> they just need a hug. We just, America, just exactly. needs a hug. Calm down, bust a nut. There we go. Get a hug. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next question? What oh you got for yeah, stuff?
0: I also want to talk to you, yeah, I also want to talk to you about um, what I read about online too. Like you raise the funds for Black LGBTQ um, those who identify as women and other causes such as that can you tell us a little bit more about that or at least elaborate a little bit on how you got involved oh,
1: with those communities uh i'm sorry i didn't hear the first you just say raise funds for and I, I catch oh yeah stuff.
0: so I'm like sure. you were what i read is that meals for heels also raises funds for black communities as well as the lgbtq communities as well so yeah tell us a bit um, more about that obviously you <laughs> identify as black you identify as queer so you're already in those communities. But tell us your, about the involvement there.
1: My involvement there is, um, I guess, definitely more so during COVID was um, looking to my community for support and my support and my community giving me support. Honestly, when I, when I opened this business, I, I thought I needed the ex-partner of mine who was a white blonde female to even get into the clubs. You oh. know what I mean? Um, but I realized that, uh, obviously, I don't. I just have my own two feet, and I find more strength, and keep uh, that look—that look like me. You know, if you have maybe gone through the same shit that I have gone through, whether they're mm-hmm. formerly incarcerated, or they've been houseless, or they're trans, etc. Right. Um, resilience, resilience groups, marginalized groups. Um, it's just—I don't—I mean, it's—I don't know. It's—it's it's comforting to. Look to Like I said, look to your own community for for, for all sure. types of support. And not just support, uh, just, like, everything. Just, like, if I'm shopping now. I'm making more conscious decisions when I buy plants. I go mm-hmm. to a, a go owned or a bike-owned business. Um, yeah. When I eat, same thing. When I shop, same thing. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I was doing that a little bit before, but uh, definitely uh, with COVID and the lynching of Mr. Floyd, it's definitely yes. turned up for me. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just about keeping that money circulating within the community. I mean, how else do we, you know, keep, like, get out, not actually not build, but just uh, be able to be on our own two feet and do what we need to do without someone else trying to regulate and all this stuff. And also, it just opens up your perspective. You know, mm-hmm. when you see a black yoga instructor, or you see a Latino this, or you have all these different aspects, because you get such a monolith of a lot of cultures and races in America. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's nice to see and work with Black farmers and my like Indigenous farmers and yeah it's 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 pretty dope. I, like I said, I found strength in my community
0: for sure. And I really just love that you're giving back to them and and it's, especially at a time right now, as you mentioned with COVID, uh, it's it is the time to support your small businesses and support local. Really, because mm-hmm. there a lot Absolutely. of those businesses are suffering right you know or right. at the risk of uh shutting down yeah,
1: shutting down mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's uh it's it's interesting to see how many people have kind of risen up uh mm-hmm. you know during all this and i obviously i see on instagram a lot more you know just people diy you know whether it's tamales or home growers making mochi yeah um yeah, yeah i mean just other people stepping up making send sending out plants and shit like that for BIPOC groups um BIPOC people, so it's it's been it's been interesting to see. Um, I I uh, I welcome it. I'm yes. excited for the people to get their food or to tell their story through food out there. I, I just hope it continues. You know, during the you know this this winter, I'm I'm a little scared about what winter's gonna bring. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, I keep it positive and we take it day by day.
0: For sure. And I guess with day by day, like what what are the next steps for you?
1: What are the next steps for me? So right now, um, currently, I'm just. I'm just gonna ease into the new year. There's some projects coming up. Ooh. Hopefully, uh, some documentary film crews uh, with uh, potential. Oh. Yeah, Black Palette is a is ran by uh hunter who is a black trans fem. Theme- Female or male? I'm sorry, Black Trans male. Who okay. does? I guess uh, Black Pal is—it's like fuck, it's sex, it's politics, it's race. It's all mixed into one. They hold events in New York City that oh. looked to be amazing and rad, and I really wish I could, uh, could have gone <laughs> to events out there. But, yeah, um, we've we've talked and we've done interviews and stuff like that. So there's plans. There's talk of okay. potentially you know documenting Mills for Hills and you know telling the story of Mills for Hills. Um, cool. Currently, I will, twice a month, I'll cook for the, they call them the C3PO camps, okay. which are the house, houseless camps that the city, or the county, no, the city of Portland set up for houseless people during COVID. Oh, so, wow. uh, they get three meals every day, it's, um, it's, I haven't been to the camps, actually, because, because, you know, covid all that stuff like that someone yeah. uh snack block comes and picks up the meal for but i just started doing that so i'll do wow. 88 meals next saturday i'll do 88 meals on the fourth saturday wow. um before i was doing trans houseless pdx brunch with Join pdx but that's kind of moved over to the c3po camps okay otherwise that i'm just um you know maybe gonna get some t-shirts more merch out yeah just just work on a website so that Something like that. Just cool. enjoy this time to do research and development. Uh, maybe do some more butchy things like hang art. And <laughs> uh, get my hands dirty. And I don't know. Uh, stuff, yeah, stuff like that. There's, there's a lot about the pot off but um it's just different with the COVID. you know what I mean? yeah it's still it's, it's so questionable but right now meals for Girls is absolutely going strong um yay i'm i'm inc- I, like i said once again i, I wish i had a, another word to say how blessed and grateful i am to be thriving during this time yes and, but on the other note of it is uh, i don't i don't i don't get to 100 percent enjoy all this because there's so much going on there's so much you know what i mean yeah the, the turmoil and all that stuff like that but you know, I'll have my day when that comes, but until then, we just, just keep working, keep doing what I do.
0: That's awesome, and the sex co- the sex worker community oh. is very thankful for you and your services. Same with the frontline community, oh. <laughs> and oh my gosh, yeah. every community, basically, because you are dipping your toes in pretty much <laughs> every community that needs community it, that so, needs so, it. Oh. so thank you for that. Thank I have to say thank that. you. I
1: mean, it's like I'm either a part of these communities or... I can understand some of the struggle these communities go through and um I don't know, it's it's been I feel like I, I like to say that putting it pays to put your community first. You yeah. know what I mean? I wasn't going for the dollar sign when I started this, you know what I mean? And from from having a business like this, I've been able, like I said, to meet Alicia Garza, to cook for Apano, which is the Asia Pacific Alliance of Northern Oregon, cool. to cook for Pride Northwest, to cook for all these other groups, all these different cultural, racial all these other social justice groups here yeah. in Portland, and I never thought this originally starting with sex workers would get me to where I'm at and also meet the people that I get to meet and interact with. I didn't think food or this would bring me to just um, this, this plethora yeah. people and connections and networking and the positive overall, hundred thousand percent positivity feedback that I've gotten from it is, is beyond me. I mean, internationally, people will drop a message or a DM yes. and just thank me for what I do. And, uh, that I can't even imagine that. I never, ever imagined any of this, any of this.
0: Such In an film. incredibly inspiring story. Really, It
1: is. It is. It is. It's a the <laughs> last story. You know what I mean? I like to say I, um, I tapped into my potential at the age of 37, finally. I was one of those people that I always, uh, whether I was getting, like, right when I'm about to get fired or something, some shit at school, they're just like, oh, you have so much potential, and this, <laughs> that, this, you know, I mean, all this shit, and so it, it feels good to, finally, to be able to tap into that so-called potential I never had this on before.
0: So, no, so good. Like, I am just yeah. amazed at this. I really hope all the listeners are appreciating this story. Again, it's Truly inspiring, very very motivating, and I cannot wait to see what you have next in store for the world. So, (laughs) me too, me too, I'm excited too. (laughs) I guess with that, we'll go into some Q and A's because we got a couple questions here that came in from some listeners or curious listeners and your fans. So, uh, first question is: How can white folks support this work?
1: How can white folks support this work?
0: hmm sex work my business um I yeah mean, it didn't specify so up to you how you want okay. to interpret
1: <laughs> i mean i i mean i have a GoFundMe. fund uh, <laughs> you know, I me mean, i also have a venmo and a cash app it's all meals <laughs> the number four heels h-e-e-l-s okay um i mean just i mean tagging posting online yep um just you know clicking reading articles or listening to podcasts that i've i've done listening to this podcast being respectful and tipping and paying your sex workers in your local area looking towards black and BIPOC sex workers maybe first instead of you know white white sex workers yeah because uh, it is a lot harder for uh black and BIPOC sex workers out there yeah just yeah i'd say respectful sex workers tip too well yes um no TikTok <laughs> talk. Oh, it's tough. And it's like you. I mean, it's it's a reciprocal thing. Like, yes. If you want to have a good time, and you want to make. The, you know, it's you know, it's just a give and take. just give and take. If you're nice and I'm, you know, nice, we do this. I'm doing my job. We can do this. Again. <laughs> we can do this again. That's how simple it is. There you go. Again, it is. Right, we can do this again. It really is yeah. simple. Like it doesn't have to be a huge equa- equation
0: or anything. It's just like okay, you know, you give. And you get what you receive, right? So, Mm -hmm.
1: simple as that. Enjoy the experience. Enjoy the experience. Be (laughs) be good to you. Be kind to you. and sex workers and tip them them well. Tip
0: them accordingly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What kind of challenges have you had to overcome? Again, they didn't give any context, so you're free to answer that however you want to.
1: Um, Some challenges. I would say, like I said, I, I thought in the beginning... I guess I thought I was going to maybe talk to club owners Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And with that, I thought having the blonde, you know, very, you know, I'd say attractive, very attractive, (laughs) younger, younger, dancer girlfriend uh, I thought we'd need her to get get my foot in the door you know what I mean but yeah I didn't go that route once I found out that a lot of club owners aren't the nicest people yes and to their employees as well oh my gosh and yes. you can see, you know you see the patriarchy there obviously so um I say that was that was a challenge just trying to get my foot in the door and and being comfortable with me a black gay looking ass female coming in there you know what I mean trying to <laughs> I don't know fuck up their shit well not even fuck up their shit but just you know just doing something that different yeah and also i felt like for a lot of time i felt like i had a target on my back and i still do really you know what i mean um I, yeah it just uh, i mean there's no one else i believe doing what the fuck I do yeah i know there's people that have and i know there's people uh, I, I mean i've been contacting people who did something similar a b and c but there's someone here in portland who's doing something similar but whatever it didn't it didn't work out but um uh yeah and just maybe club owners don't want me you know they might not want me in there they might not want extra food or they might not want this that and the other so right. or maybe they're jealous they didn't come up with that idea and i don't think personally i it might sound whatever the fuck i don't think it would work if it was a male yeah I no i don't think always, so you know even if it's the nicest kind of there's still you know there's gonna be that creep factor this and uh, I, I just like you know there's some safety and security in that so for sure um i think it was just uh just taking that step from being an employee to employer, that was the scariest, hardest, hardest part. Okay. And, um, it sounds almost uh, like a Hollywood movie, but I was going to go into work. Um, I was about 40 minutes out from going to work, and yeah. I was getting out of the shower, and I wiped off the sh- the, wind- the mirror, and I didn't want to go to work. I just looked at myself, I don't want to go to work. And so I <laughs> called out sick, ended up getting fired, and then that oh week God. I started. I actually went out and started Mills for Herald's that Friday. Wow. Um, and it all worked out, especially the firing, because here, here in Lisa, Oregon, if you get fired from your job and it's not for some stupid shit you did, you can get unemployment. So oh. that helps me, you know, ease into it. Have a little, little, little income come in while I'm trying to build the business. Oh,
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, and again, it's like you—you're at the end of your rope there, and then a door opens. Yeah, right? yeah. I
1: was—I was definitely I felt like I was at the end of my rope in the uh, kitchen—kitchens mm-hmm. here in Portland. Yeah, I worked at several different places. I like I said, fired, quit, whatever, or it just, yeah. just didn't work out. And one of the last spots I worked at. I actually enjoyed being there. I was there for almost a year. Yeah. I got fired for some bullshit reasons, wow. but then was asked to come back three weeks later. Oh. And um, I didn't. And I don't know. Just shit just worked out. And ever since then, doors, opportunities, everything is just, uh, it just, it just opened. I, I don't even know. So <laughs> I just try to give, give whatever I can, and I try to get, definitely give back.
0: For sure. And like again. Start from the bottom. Are you here? So,
1: right. (laughs) Look at you. (laughs) Yeah. You too can, uh, you know, have a bomb ass business with being a college dropout and two time felon.
0: I love it. Yeah. Um. What is your
1: background? What is my background? Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Um. Um. I'm black, African American. I'm a lesbian. I'm 39. Um I'm five ten. I'm kinda thick right now, COVID thick, 60 oh, yeah. something. Um my background. Um uh, yeah, I lived born in California. Um lived in Portugal, Japan, Arizona, North Dakota, Amazing. California, Portland, <laughs> North yeah, I so North Carolina. Yeah, that's about that's about it. Um Yeah uh i came from a loving family at home i'm very grateful to have a mom and dad that supported me and yeah. uh had i was able to travel around the world and try different foods and cultures and customs and yes. bring that back here to portland um i i have a soft spot for you know grief i lost my dad a couple years ago and mm. that was the hardest thing ever and still is and he is my biggest cheerleader and um I I know I'm not spiritual, but um, or I'm not um, religious, but mm-hmm. I definitely feel him and other people that I've lost in my life are definitely uh, you know looking out for me, and yeah. um, I'm incredibly grateful. And I I talk to them, and I say my words to them, and I, and I thank them. I don't ask them for much, but uh, they they show up. So um, yeah, and that that that's like this extra. Or extra, you know, something superpower that I have.
0: I like that, and uh, great answer to that question too. Was like, how are you gonna answer it? It's so vague.
1: <laughs> great answer, I love it. I'm a lot of things. My has a lot of things. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you all packed that in like a one minute answer. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And we got the last question here. Uh, I don't want to take up your whole Friday night. So, um what were your mo- what were your motivators to start me- meal free? Ugh. What were the motivators to start Meals for Heels?
1: The motivators. Uh, the motivators were – Oops, hold on. Uh, I dropped you. Um, <laughs> the motivators were not wanting to work for someone else anymore. Yep. The motivators were, once again, 75 plus strip clubs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, three to 12 dancers per club. Um, do the math on do that. the math, yeah. The motivators are there's no one doing this. This is a, a, a group, a niche of people who have income, disposable income. They tip really fucking well. They under, like I said, they understand the, the value of their time in a dollar. Yeah. And um it's it's just uh just everything with sex work. Like I said, predominantly female business, uh, the misogyny, the bullshit, all this oh, shit, you know, fuck fuck all that. I, I just, <laughs> that that ends that stops there, there, it's an interesting group sex workers um i feel like that's a very strong i'm not in that clique but mm-hmm. i see the bonds i see the uh you know when they stand up for each other yeah. and whatnot and it's ridiculous like i said it's just ridiculous Some of the shit they go through whether they are at a club or whether they do out call or in call service or full service etc yeah um and who, who's on top you know whether it's white females and this that uh, shit, right. who owns the clubs and Etc. and why are you, you know, shitting on, you know, women or dancers when you're the motherfucker in there? You know I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? no, I hear yeah. you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's all that. I like to say empowering women, empowering, um, or just, like I said, bringing a positive or a positive light to sex work, or just, yeah, getting a little more mainstream, not just the Hollywood yeah. movie or this, that, and this. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, sex work has always been real work, you know what I mean? They're the best tippers. It's damn sure for me, the best clientele, um, yes. I mean, like, I like to say who the fuck goes into a club, a strip club and the strippers give them money. Not many people. No, Not many no, people. <laughs> every time, and every time I'm so, I'm, I, I'm naturally high off it. Every time I make a delivery and go to a club, cause it's, it's the best shit ever. It's the best way to spend my, my, my nights. You know what I mean? So. Perfect. Oh, ah, yeah. so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the food does so much, you know, not only is it delicious and healthy, but it's like, I, you know, I put a little piece of meat in every meal and, um, the, the, like I said, the response back, I, I know they, uh, taste it too as well yes. and they, they see that and they enjoy it and, um, it's, it's a lot more than just a meal, you know what I'm saying? It
0: is, yeah, because food it brings is. people together.
1: together. Absolutely.
0: Brings communities together. We're together. It, it, like, unifies communities. It's everything and it makes you feel good.
1: Absolutely. So. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it does.
0: But before I, go, before I let you go, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, at Meals, the number four heels, H-E-E-L-S. Also, www.Meals, the number four heels.com. Um, you can Google search to GoFundMe. You know, it's not really active, but that's, that's fine. I'm not worried about that i have information on my website and I have information on my instagram and facebook i'm way active more active on instagram the ground right. more my my spot yes. i do have a tiktok but i haven't posted a video yet and, <laughs> you know you can find me here in portland oregon if you want come through
0: there you go so any american listeners please support meals for heels excellent i'm gonna put all these links in the show notes below if you guys haven't, if you guys haven't checked it out already I'll be there. And that's it for this week. It's Strip I on Instagram. See us my personal. Get at me. New episodes every Sunday. Nikisa, thank you so much. So, so much for joining me on the show today. Thank,
1: really thank you for having it. me. Your energy. I can feel your energy from over here, and it feels great. I had a great time with
0: this. Yes. Until next time, guys. I'll see you guys next Sunday. Ciao. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Belandirama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Daburn.